Greetings ladies and mendigents, and welcome to this video with the latest chapter for the web novel Fork This Life. Taken from the website Royal Road, the link will be down below. If you enjoy the story, please follow the link and support the author. If you'd like to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so listed down below. But the easiest and bestest and most awesomest way to do this would be to do the usual YouTube things. Follow, subscribe, like, and comment. Anyways, on the, to the forking story. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel, Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again. And now, on to the story. Chapter 46. To see the sunset again. Evening, floating just over to the surface of the rocky peak of the mountain. I called out casually. Do you mind if I stay here for a little bit? I can go to the next mountain over if not. Itch just at this one is the closest to my academy. The place would look deserted to the most casual observers. But I can see the high album girl sitting behind a boulder, out of line of sight on the pond up to the top, as well as her bodyguards spread out the area. She jumps in surprise, probably not having heard me fly up, gets up and steps out from behind the boulder. Her eyebrows raise up when seeing me. You, you are G Gerald, correct? For what reason have you come here? This time it's my turn to be surprised. I hadn't expected her to know my name. Do you see the sunset? It's a good viewpoint from here. Of course, she replies. But do you really expect me to believe that's why you are here? I don't really care either way, I state, getting my eye into a suitable position on my body and settling myself down onto the rock to wait. I won't change the sunset. Speaking of, uh, as it started, I can't tell with activating this thing, and uh, I want the first thing I see to be the sunset. I raise the eye up to indicate it before setting it back down into position. You are blind? I apologize. I had not heard. She bows her head slightly. Don't worry about it. Don't exactly act like it. And completely colorblind is more accurate, I reply. It's complicated. The Academy let me borrow a magic tool to let me see and read things. But suffice to say, it's a little short-sighted. So, I've been working on making my own, uh... And today's the day. Or, well, night. The sunset is starting, she says quietly, looking out into the distance. Thank you. I send a tendril of mana into my magic tool, activating it. I had already tested at the academy, making sure that it would work and all. But still, as my eye opens, all I can think of is that it is truly beautiful. Waves of clouds bathed in red stretch out above me and into the distance, mirrored below after a way by an actual sea, reflecting some of the red of the sky. It's clear to me that my eye is imperfect. Some of the wisps and curls of the clouds and the details of this rain are lost to me. But still, I did it. Finally, after two years of dark, Without color, unable to see the green of a leaf or the brown of soil. Finally, finally, I did it. I can see. I can see. And nobody can take that away from me again. 
They say that you don't know what you've got until it's gone. I speak peacefully, still looking at the sky. I never realized how true that saying was till it happened to me. Although I have no clue how it ties into the building parking lots. I've got a long way left to go. Things I want to do. I've come a long way too. I've had a lot of things to be thankful for. Maybe I'd be happy if I spent a bit more time appreciating things as simple as a sunset. We watch in silence for a while. The clouds slowly drifting from across the sky and the sun dipping lower over the horizon. So, um, she hesitantly asks. You can fly, yes? What is it like? I wish I knew, I replied wistfully. But now I'll be able to see the views, at least. I see. She seems somewhat disappointed. Recomposing herself, she says, Can I ask you not to reveal to anyone that I come out here? Sure, I agree easily. No, really, I don't want to have to find another place again, she emphasizes. Relax, I already said I wouldn't tell anyone, I reassure her. I get wanting to be alone, your royalty, so if anyone knew where you were, people would flock you, right? I get it, I'm antisocial, I'm not an ass. Has anybody ever told you you're weird, she says frankly. When a high elf talks to the living folk, what is exactly normal? I reply, uncaring. She blinks, not quite knowing how to respond to that. By the way, I don't think I ever got your name, I note. I could just go through my memory and get it from someone who said it, but I couldn't be bothered. It's Vader, she replies reflexively, almost appearing shocked. Well, nice to meet you, Vader, I say. Would you mind if I come here every now and again? The view here is really quite nice. I, uh, suppose so, she accedes after a couple moments of contemplation. Thanks. More time passes in silence, and the sky slowly grows darker. The twinkle of the stars begin to peek out around and in between the clouds. I can hardly believe my singular artificial eye at the sight. Literally. Vader, does the lens of my eye have a defect, or do those stars have shapes? I asked incredulously. Yes, of course, Vader nods with a hint of confusion. Each star represents one of the gods and bears their symbol. I, uh, see her. Uh, nothing in the library mentioned this, I say slowly. Why would there be anything in the library about it? Everyone knows already, Vader shrugs. This raises some big questions. Are these stars actual stars in the shape of these symbols, or are they just projections in the sky? If the former, that really says something about the strength of gods to be able to casually keep something of that mass in a specific shape. Is it the same way and out where, or how? Or is it just here? If it's just here, why is this place different? And if it's not just here, why is Earth different? I think I need to build the telescope, I mutter. As Gerald heads back to the academy, one of Fadia's flying guards lands and takes out a small book. They twist a gem on the cover about 90 degrees to the right, causing it to start blinking softly. By the shine of the simple light spell, they open the book and flip to an empty page, quickly writing in the date and time after referring to a magical tool from their pocket. Your Grace, I wish to make a report. After writing the simple line under the date, they don't have to wait long before the writing starts to appear on the page, as if written by an unseen hand. Is Vader all right? It replies. The guard sighs slightly. 
Had anything nefarious actually happened to the young Maud, they would have begun their communication in an entirely different manner. They wouldn't have said that, however, and thus write, Yes, your grace, the young lady is unharmed and in no danger. The revolt is of a different nature. Very good, continue. The young lady spent the evening, as I previously reported she is wont to do, at the peak of a mountain nearby the academy. Shortly before sunset, someone ascended the mountain and joined her at the peak. I thought I should report this because it had occurred once before, about half a year ago, and it seems probable that it may become of semi-frequent occurrence. That and their uniqueness. They shake their head as they write the accuracy of the word that can't be conveyed through simple text. Of the individual. Don't tell me some overzealous earl's son is trying to woo my daughter again. The frustrated reply comes. No, your grace, the guard writes, unsurprised by the response. It wasn't an uncommon occurrence. I mean, unique in the most literal of senses. The individual is of an unknown species, which takes the appearance of a... And I do not jest. A table fork. This response takes longer to come than the ones before. They say the worlds are full of strange and amazing things, but this is truly unexpected. What then are their intentions for meeting Vader? They say that they are colorblind and had just completed a magical tool allowing them to see normally. They wanted to test it by viewing the sunset from a place with a good view. It is plausible given that the mountain is the closest to the academy. The god exceeds. They claim to wish to return here occasionally to do the same again, which seems like a flimsy excuse to get closer to the young lady. If that was their goal, however, they're going about it in a very odd manner. Also, for the most part, they did exactly as they said, or at least perched on a rock facing the sunset. I didn't sense them doing anything, excluding feeding Manum into the magic tool they made, and one that they used to talk. The guard elaborates. In fact, apart from initially greeting the young lady, they hardly pursued conversation at all. They claimed to not even know the young lady's name. Although, if I remember correctly, from their last meeting, they recognized the young lady as a high elf, and the repercussions thereof. Playing hard to get, perhaps. It would be something novel, at least. What do you know about this individual? The unseen respondent asks. Not much, my grace. They go by Gerald. No other titles or even family name that I know of. Hasn't caused much of a stir at the academy, other than by appearance alone. They move around with some form of levitation. I'm unsure exactly what, except that it isn't magical. The guard details. The only other thing that is both times that they met the young lady, I could sense him watching me the whole time. Not hostility, just watching. I see. I expect a full report of the background and capabilities next week. Otherwise, keep working as you have been, and keep a watchful eye on this Gerald. Understood you, Grace. With a final message, the guard waits for a few seconds, just in case something more is written, then closes the book and deactivates the gem on the cover. Both they and the recipient of the message understood the possible implications of Gerald being able to see Fadia's guards, and yet interacting with her anyway. It could be that he had no hostile intentions, and thus he assumed he had nothing to fear from them. Or it could be that he didn't see them as a threat. In actuality, it was a bit of a mixture of both. Gerald, of course, has no reason to act against Vardia. 
In the event that her guards acted against him, however, while he was in no way confident of defeating them, he was at least fairly sure that he could flee safely to the academy, where they wouldn't be able to act. Carefully adding another symbol to the formation, I set down the pencil and take a look at the result, thinking. I sigh internally as I realize that it'll only complicate making the necessary subformations compatible and go to rub it out when I hear a knock at the door. A chair scrapes along the ground as one of my doormates gets up to open the door. Hey, um, Miss Geraldine, comes a familiar voice. Yeah, come in. He's over here at the desk, he replies. Finally! Sparks zips over before the others. Wings are blur as he hovers next to my desk. Do you know how much time I had to spend researching the library for you? What the heck are you doing here? Can't even be in more than twenty minutes, really, Lamar shrugs as he walks. Sparks is just impatient. Hey! Spark shakes his fist at Lamar. I'm not impatient, I just want to get going already. Lamar rolls his eyes. Well, we found him now, so it's all good, Louis says happily. What you're working on now? Didn't you say you already finished your new eye? I finished the prototype, sure, but it doesn't have all the features I want to include yet. It was more just to make sure of what I was thinking would work. Even the materials I made it with are kind of cheap and shoddy, I explain. Anyways... What do you guys come to find me for? If you want to do something, I'm happy to take a break. Told you he'd come, Lamar raises an eyebrow in satisfaction. Well, sorry if I thought Mr. Workalot here doesn't know the meaning of the word break, Spark shrugs, shaking his head exaggeratedly. Anyway, Luai interrupts. We were thinking of heading into the city for the day, poking around some shops, seeing the sights, that sort of thing. You coming? Sure. Let me grab a couple things, I agree simply. I needed to go there at some point anyway. It won't take long, will it? Spark sighs. We're going out to have fun, not check out their library. They have one there? I ask reflexively. Never mind. Well, if we don't end up having spare time for it, I'll just go back to the city on my own tomorrow. No biggie. What are we waiting for then? Let's go, Luai starts pulling us out the door. Before long, we're walking and flying along the road between the academy and the city at our own pace. Four people their age, and in Luai's case, his size. I'm amazed at how little things like this faze them. Maybe it's just because I grew up in a much more sheltered and domesticated environment. Or they grew up running around in the countryside and whatnot. Or maybe it's just magic and levels playing their part. Some of my teachers have said that if we want to be able to do some more advanced spells, we'll need to level up a bit and put some points into intelligence and wisdom. Spark complains from where he sits in Loi's shoulder. They're saying getting the level 10 or 15 would be ideal, but look at so much dent in my savings. Yeah, same with mine, Lamar nods. I'm not that far off already, though, so it shouldn't be too bad buying the last few levels. You can buy levels? I asked, surprised. Sure, Lamar shrugs. Pay some adventurers some cash and they'll add you to their party. Yet you get some of the experience from their kills. For high-level adventurers, it's an easy way to get extra cash for weak monsters. Because they wouldn't get experience from them anyway. Didn't you say that you were starting to get worried about money, Gerald? Luai looks at me in worry. Are you going to have enough to spare? Yeah, you're going to be all right, Spark flutters over to me. I have enough that I can lend you a little if you need to, but, you know... Thanks, guys. Really. But I'll be fine, I chuckle. I'm already over that level. 
Wait, what? Spock shouts. Which level? 10? 15? Come on, tell us. Here, you have to let us know, Luai agrees. Lamar doesn't see anything, but I see him watching with great interest. Fine, I sigh. But don't tell anyone else, all right? Of course, Lamar nods furiously. It's not something that you can just let anyone know. Obviously, Sparks agrees exaggeratedly. Now tell us. 33, I say. 33, Sparks shouts in shock. You're kidding. I'm really not. Show Spark level, I reply. Spark pauses for a moment, hovering in the air. He's not kidding. How can you possibly have it level that high? You're not that old. How old are you, even? Well, I used to help out an adventurer, I explain. We got into quite a few wild and dangerous messes. My level is just a result of surviving through them. Lamar shakes his head in amazement. No wonder you were so calm fighting those buddies back then. I thought you might have been faking it. You didn't even take them seriously, did you? If anyone takes jewels at the Academy seriously, then doing them for the wrong reasons. The whole point of this is a safe environment to learn how to fight, I simply say. As for those guys, a sick group of goblins could have killed them. How on earth could they scare me? That's so cool, Luai cries. Can you tell us about one of your adventures, please? Lamar nods. I'd be interested in hearing it too. It's a while before we get there. Luai expresses his agreement as well. All right, I guess I can. I think for a second on how to start the story. I guess I should start with Ferdinand. He's the adventurer, I mentioned. He wasn't powerful or special or anything like that. He was just a guy who used to be a farmer who had some bad luck in life. Big art, though. Kind. Anyway, we were on the road between two cities when I noticed. And basically, that's how I ended up here, I finish. There's a few moments of silence. Okay, why did you leave out all the cool bits? Spark complains. What cool bits? I reply, confused. We both nearly died a bunch of times, other people did die, and then I had to abandon him to stop a demonic invasion. I mean, uh, when you put it that way, Spark lowers his head. Sorry. Don't worry about it. It's life, I say. Looks like we're nearly there, Lamar notes. Finally! Can't wait to see all the amazing things in the city. Luai says excitedly, his steps speeding up slightly. By the way, I start, noting something disconcerting in the inside the city gate. Have you guys ever seen these guys who say stuff like, Would you like to become one of the wild lord and savior? Ugh, those guys are creepy, Spark shudders. My pop says they're bad luck. Not just creepy, they can be really dangerous, Luai said seriously. I heard a village that kept trying to get rid of them, but a new one came back every time. Then one day, when someone passed through the village, everyone was saying creepy things. Lamar nodded. I've seen a lot of them too, traveling with my dad. I heard stories. A village being sacrificed to some evil god, but they left a person untouched. Even armies avoiding them in sieges. Why do you ask? Well, uh, there's one inside that gate. I also saw them in Odwear and in Hell, I say grumbly. Even demons avoid them. Even demons, Lamar winces. Damn! Who or what are those things? I always thought that they don't feel like people. They look like people. They smell like people. But they don't, uh, don't act like people. You know? Sparks muses. Yeah, they always say the same thing. Stand in the same place all the time. Loi agrees. That's not normal. 
The conversation quickly shifts to other topics. Clearly nobody is comfortable talking about them. A sentiment that seems to be shared by most people, judging by how little I've noticed it happening. Before much longer, we're at the city gate. We pass through fairly simply due to our uniforms. Remembering our earlier conversations, the others look around and quickly notice the man proselytizing to passerbys. Perhaps noticing our gaze, he turns to face us. You are too young to join us. Return in a few years if you're interested. As for you, he tilts his head, considering. Gerald, I feel the chill. How could he know my name? You cannot become one with us. Still, perhaps we shall have dealings in the future. He stares at me, unblinking. At the risk of sounding offensive, uh, I hope not, I reply honestly. We understand. If you change your mind, we're never far away, he says. And with that, he stops paying attention to us. What did I tell you? Sparks whispers. Those guys are creepy. Agreed, I say shortly. Let's get a move on, shall we? Putting the strange meeting behind us, we explore the city. It holds up to our expectations as the city nearest what is purportedly the greatest academy of magic with magical lightning and tools everywhere. Stalls selling potions to heal, rejuvenate, make the drinker appear younger, increase their strength, and many other things besides. Elementals and the occasional golem work alongside more common races, carrying heavy loads and helping with simple tasks. People show off their skills at magic at every other corner, such a regular sight that rarely a glance is thrown towards those simply juggling fireballs or spitting fire. Loai and Spa watch with excitement people coming and going from the doors of the adventurous guild, where the distribution of warriors and mages is practically the reverse of many I had seen elsewhere, with armor and sword being more a rarity than a robe and wand. One of the warriors passing through notices the gazes and smiles turns away from them to display the greatsword on his back. Reaching over his shoulder, he touches the hilt, and the blade of the sword is quickly covered by a sheet of ice, almost glass-like in its clarity. Mist begins to wreathe the blade, showing that the ice isn't just for looks before he lets it melt away again. I want one, Sparks grasps. Lamar face palms, you'd be crushed under its weight. Shut up, like a dream, Spark retorts. With the trio's youthful energy, flittering on one thing to the next, time quickly flies away from us, and we have to leave so we can get back before nightfall. I look at the ornate temple as we walk by. Tomorrow, I'll return here and ask some questions. I don't have much specific that I want to know, but if gods have so much influence and power, I need to know more. For now, I appreciate the company and watch the sunset as we head back to the academy. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one. And until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.